for um, not Monday. Mm. That's always, you know, just a step up in the right direction. Makes everybody feel better about themselves. You know, what else you're going to do? The party for it. I, guess, I don't even know. Welcome, everyone, to the uh, 16th of August for the fine folks from GeekRadioDaily.com. Welcoming you to National Airborne Day. I don't know if that means we're all in the airborne as of now, because that can't possibly be because... <laughs> Are we supposed to watch the movie Airborne? I'd be down with that. Or at least Iron Eagle, something like that. Folks, bringing it to you today. The man that has a very simple plan for you to follow. It's podcasting through Siegfried. So what'll it be? Unconditional surrender or total destruction? Deal with it. I'm the wonderful Billy Flynn. Yeah. All right. We're going to have ourselves a little powwow, huh? Yeah. What happened, sir? In 1858, Queen Victoria sends the first official telegraph message across the Atlantic Ocean from London to United States President James Buchanan in Washington, D.C. Wait, that's the same queen that's around now, isn't it? Yep. 1890, the United States Census Bureau announces the results from the latest census, which have been tabulated using the new mechanical punch card tabulator invented by Herman Hollerith. The machine is capable of processing roughly 10 times as much data as a human clerk. 1898, the loop-de-loop roller coaster is patented by Edwin Prescott Loop-de-loop. <laughs> 1930, the first color cartoon with sound, a short film called Fiddlesticks, created by Ub Iwerks, is released. The film debuts the character of Flip the Frog, who will become a recurring character in the MGM films. 1934, American explorer William Beebe descends 3,028 feet in his bathysphere into the ocean near Bermuda. 1935, at Fuglstockelung, the furnished television company demonstrates an apparatus for recording television images to film directly from a cathode ray tube. 1955, Fiat Motors places an order for the first private atomic reactor. 1973, the San Diego Comic-Con International is held August 16th to the 19th. This is the first time the event is officially called the San Diego Comic-Con. In 1771, it was the Golden State Comic-Con. 72, it was the San Diego West Coast Comic Convention. It was also the first Comic-Con to last five days or to feature... A celebrity brunch. They ate celebrities? 1979, Gen Con 12 is held from August 16th to the 19th at the University of Wisconsin, Parkside. 1988, IBM introduces the first software for artificial intelligence. Air Entertainment releases the adventure game King's Quest IV, The Perils of Rosella, for personal computers running GS, OS, or MS-DOS. It is the first major graphical computer adventure game with a female protagonist. It is also the first commercial entertainment product to support sound cards and synthesizers. It was so good. Da, 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 da. It's basic, but oh my God, it was awesome. 1989, a solar flare causes a severe geomagnetic storm that affects microchips on Earth and brings trading on Toronto's stock market to a halt. 2005, cosmonaut Sergei Krikalev breaks the world record for most days spent in space during his stay aboard the ISS and has nothing to do with the fact that he was just left up there. 2006, Google establishes a free wireless network for the town surrounding its headquarters, Mountain View, California. 2007, Wired Magazine breaks the news that Washington politicians have been discovered to be heavy editors of the free online encyclopedia, Wikipedia. A new tracing program dubbed Wikiscanner found that computers inside CIA and FBI offices have edited Wikipedia entries on topics including the Guantanamo prison and the Iraq war. And in 2087, Pluto Nash's bar is blown up by a mysterious gangster, Rex Crater. After a failed takeover, Nash goes to investigate the source of the problem. Turns out it was the film 
Birthdays? Cameron Monaghan is 29 from Shameless. Click Jerome on Gotham. Kristen Mulati is 37 from Wolf on Wall Street. Tracy on How I Met Your Mother. No, I think that was the, she played Wolf on Wall Street. <laughs> Cam Gigandent is 40 from Twilligate, Pandorum, and Easy A. Angela Bassett is 64 from Supernova, American Horror Story. Among many other things. Yep. James Cameron is 68 from Piranha 2, Terminator, Aliens, and True Lies. Reginald Vell Johnson is 70 from Die Hard, Carl and Family Matters, and was a judge on that one wonderful episode of Always Sunny. That's true. Leslie Ann Warren is 76. Mission Impossible TV show, Desperate Housewives in Plain Sight, and I think we all first fell in love with her in Clue. Donnie Dunnigan is 88. Peter in Son of Frankenstein, but you know him best as young Bambi's voice. Yes, he said, Mother... Oh, that's right. And I believe he was in the military, and you know how they had fun with that name. Oh, yeah. Born to stay no longer with us in 1888, T.E. Lawrence. Welsh colonel and archaeologist, the film Lawrence of Arabia was based on him. 1892, Hal Foster, Canadian-American author and illustrator, created Prince Valiant. 1892, Otto Mesmer, an American cartoonist and animator, co-created Felix the Cat. 1910, May Clark, she's best known as getting the grapefruit smashed in her face in The Public Enemy with James Cagney. <laughs> 1927, Lois Nettleton, voice of Maleficent in House of Villains. 1930, Robert Culp from I Spy, mm. The Greatest American Hero, and Everybody Loves Raymond, which I keep forgetting he was on. I always say this, but man, is it a shame that he never got to play Bruce Campbell's dad Right. Ugh. He had such a great voice. Every character he played was different. And Bill Maxwell in Greatest American Hero was fantastic. And 1963, Christine Cavanaugh was the voice of Babe, Chucky in Rugrats, Dexter in Dexter's Lab, and Goslin in Darkwing Duck. CBS is a rerun of FBI, FBI International, and FBI Most Wanted. ABC, Nia Vardalos and Jody Sweeten and John Michael Higgins on a new Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, a rerun of Generation Gap, and then Reese Derby versus Jay Farrow on a new Celebrity Family Feud. Hey, that's right. U.S. acknowledging Reese Darby as a celebrity. There you go. Love that, man. NBC qualifiers, too, on a new America's Got Talent, and Jean Ham and Jimmy Fallon on a new Family Game Fight. But not Family... Fox is a rerun of So You Think You Can Dance or You Thought You Did Since It's Over and a rerun of Fantasy Island. CW in Milan in 1506. Leonardo is arrested for poisoning Caterina de Cremona as Leonardo protests his innocence to Officer Stefano Garaldi. He recounts his days as an apprentice in Andrea del Verracho's Diagio's studio where she first met Caterina on a new Leonardo New Devils. Freeform, but I don't even have a dress, which I think is the title of the new episode of Better Call Saul, but I didn't write that down, so maybe that's a movie. I don't even know. <laughs> AMC has The Fugitive. FX, Nandor and Laszlo air off their differences on a hunting trip at an isolated cabin. Tanja has a girl's night, and Guillermo reconnects with his family for the first time in 12 years on a new What We Do in the Shadows. FXX is Simpsons Marathon with the Kid is Alright and Yellow Subterfuge. FXM is Happy Death Day, followed by Happy Death Day to you. Huh. The number TNT of the has Star Wars Episode 5, 
The Empire Strikes Back. Science Channel skyscraper of terror on a new engineering catastrophe, but we're watching the Lifetime Movie Network. A woman who is reeling from a twofold heartbreak of a difficult breakup and the passing of her beloved father hires a new assistant who wastes no time moving in next door to her and completely steeping herself in her boss's personal life. Raven Goodwin and Amber Riley star in Single Black Female. The wonderful Billy Flynn looks at what Chad and Abby are up to now. If you know what TV show they're on this week, you could win yourself a prize. It's your further adventures of Chad and Abby update. Stefan's team gets some information about a remote island where each year the greatest martial artists gather to compete. Until they're killed by Goro, Professor Chad sends Jack undercover to determine Stefan's plans. He hopes to use this opportunity to find his missing father, who he thinks may be there. He's also going to get himself some intel on the renegades that are participating. He's going to get the info needed to bring down this silent force. But to get the info back, he has to escape the boys of Sunset Ridge. Hashtag Chabby. Forever. You got mail, baby. Indeed we do. Greetings, GRD crew. You wily bastard, Billy Flynn. The hints from Monday's clues led me to an actor with over 330 credits, and I went through almost every TV series listed for him to find out that Chad and Abby are on. So it's obvious to me there was clearly an era in Hollywood where there must not have been enough actors to go around because I regularly see previous Chabby titles all the time as I go through my research. Cheers. That is from the now officially named by you, sir, Jay Radimus. <laughs> You made it happen, brother. Well, dude, I was really hoping this one would like at least make you wait at least a day or so. But yeah, I I picked that guy specifically because I'm like, well, you're not going to find it easily with this one guy. There's no chance at all. Damn it, you still did. Well, that's fine. And if you've got the slightest idea of where Chad and Abby are, because so far we have one correct answer, by all means, won't you drop us a note to podcast at geekradiodaily.com or, of course, a voicemail, a text message. Either one will do if you use these numbers. 510-GRD. Curl. We have such tenacious listeners. Jack Black and Kyle Gass don't listen. I'm Tony Southcott. I'm Albert Bird. Hi. Tell me something fun, Tony. Life isn't fun. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. We started getting like the real nitty gritty of like uh, what being a critic's about. In-depth reviews that aren't loaded with spoilers. Watch this movie. No. This movie's good. There's no anger there. There's no frustration. As long as I'm not shoveling feces directly into my mouth, I'm fine. And things allegedly got weirder. Woo-hoo, the Human Echoes Podcast! Hey, this is Brian Holleran, and you're listening to Geek Radio Daily. Why? Because I don't know. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Are we done with this drop? Sure. Get angry. I've got Gatorades. Wait, who drank all the Gatorade? Hi, I'm Corin Nimick. Since you've already got Parker Lewis Can't Lose on DVD, here's what's coming out this week. Yeah, remember we have that sounder. Yeah, what's out, sir? Corin! On television aisle, we've got Hidden Assets, Series 1. South Park, the complete 24th season. Wow, I didn't think it would make it past three. Not because of quality, but just because of what that show is. We've also got Firebite, Season 1. NCIS, the 19th season. That one doesn't surprise me at all. Again, not based on quality, but because of... Must be anime based on title alone. Welcome to Demon School, Irumakun, the complete collection. All right, sit down for this one. In our re-release department, we have Johnny Mnemonic in black and white. Ooh. Ooh, that could be good. I like that. Well, in movies aisle, 
We have baby assassins. Wait, wait, wait. Do they assassinate babies or are they babies that assassinate? I'm hoping it's like, you know, a super babies, geniuses thing, a sequel. Blowback. So do they have like a little baby, Sylvester Stallone, a little baby, Antonio <laughs> Banderas? And we've also got Sniper, Rogue Mission. The Black Phone, which Carol the Cat says is a damn fine time. Jurassic World, Dominion. Wait, are they getting sued by Dominion? Or what is, okay. <laughs> but if anything, we're getting the story of Summoned to an exclusive self-help retreat, a young man learns that he must settle the supernatural debt that dates back generations. Angela Gullner and Mark Mayer, I guess, star in The Summoned, which is supposed to sound creepy. I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. Geek News! Take a look at the world from a geeky point of view. With Marvel's first three phases, the commitment was essentially two films a year. Sure, there were some series, you know, who people wanted them, but really no bearing on the films. They weren't they weren't required for viewing. Yeah, they did Coulson dirty on that. That is true. But with the current fourth and upcoming fifth and sixth phases, things have changed a bit. Clocking in about three to four films per year, four to six series around six to nine episodes each, and you know, that's a lot of product. Enough it's turning away some of the more casual viewers, whilst reviewers for the projects in recent phases we're rather muted with talk swirling of quality dip. You know, so it's crazy. David Lindelof has an easy solution. It's always going to be hard because once you've got someone's attention, you want to keep it. And when you make a couple of great Marvel movies, the instinct is we need to make more Marvel movies. And we need to expand this. And I have this sort of inferior feeling like, wow, I wish they made less because it would make each one that came out a little bit more special. And if anyone knows anything about quality dip... It's the creator of Lost. I don't begrudge them the right to keep it going. I've made prequels and sequels and reboots, so I can't be a hypocrite and say, God, come up with an original idea. Meanwhile, I'm making two Star Trek movies and Prometheus. Lindelof is going to watch them all. Hell, we're all going to watch them all because we like them. And of course, there are going to be some that are clunkers, but there will be others that shine. I mean, for every Thor 2... There's a Thor Ragnarok. For every Age of Ultron, there's a Civil War. And for every The Punisher, there's a The Punisher. And also a The Punisher. Astrophysics professor Avi Loeb was the longest-serving chair of Harvard's astronomy department until he got snapped up by a White House Science and Technology Advisory Committee. His next adventure lies at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Wow, was he demoted or promoted? Yesterday, NBC reported that Loeb wants to recover fragments of an interstellar meteor he says fell to Earth in 2014, after it arrived from outside our own solar system. In 2019, Loeb and one of his students, Amir Siraj, published a not-yet-peer-reviewed paper that said the meteor must have been made of material tougher than iron to survive its trip. And in 2021, Loeb announced his desire to recover the object from the ocean floor. Well, my grandpappy always used to call the sky the ocean of the part above the ocean. There was a lot of lead in the water back then. Well, believes it may be from a distant alien civilization. We're trying to board the ship and build a sled and a magnet attached to it that will scoop the ocean floor, <clears throat> Loeb said. And we will go back and forth, like mowing the lawns across the region, 10 kilometers in size and collect with the magnets all the fragments that are attached to it and then brush them off and study their composition in the laboratory. They're going to get so much not-meteor trash. Loeb isn't known for being a mad, far-out scientist, and his career proves the professor's ideas are worth listening to. It would, after all, be super exciting to find alien tech from another solar system 
we're just not convinced that's what's going to happen. Not with that attitude, you're not. To begin with, Space.com reported that the object is only 1.5 feet long, and it crashed nearly 200 miles off the north coast of one of Papua New Guinea's most remote islands. In addition, it struck with about 1% of the force of the Hiroshima nuclear bomb. So it's also at least somewhat pulverized. Now we wish the professor and his team luck on their journey. It would be cool if you brought something back. Just make sure you don't, you know, bring something back. <laughs> the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, just released something for all of us parents who may worry about the communications our kids may or not be having. I'm an old. This may come in handy. According to the DEA, teens are using emojis of crystal balls to buy meth and blowfish to buy cocaine. And if you think that using the maple leaf to talk about the lovely neighboring Canada, <laughs> no, 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 you're wrong. The agency said this is a universal symbol for drugs. I knew the niceness was a ruse. Damn you, Canadians! The DEA's guide is aimed at parents, caregivers, and other people in teens' lives, although the agency notes that the list is not all-inclusive. Rather, the list is representative sample of emojis found in DEA investigations. No matter what code is used, the DEA is going to figure it out, and then people will figure out another one. Though, I have to say, using emojis... That is clever. It should make us rethink how images have been used in the past. After all, ancient Egyptians may have merely been asking the gods for the sweet, sweet Shamshamet. Read a book. I had to look it up. <laughs> it is the end of an era and the dawn of a new day for the CW. There has been much speculation this year that the network was going to be sold by Paramount, formerly Viacom CBS, and Warner Brothers Discovery. The media conglomerate that resulted from the merger between Warner Media and Discovery earlier this year. Well, that has finally come to fruition as Nexstar Media Group has confirmed that they will be acquiring a major stake in the network. Are are they going to find even prettier people for the shows? In a press release, Nexstar revealed that it has entered into an agreement to take over 75% of the network. Paramount and Warner Brothers Discovery would each retain 12.5% ownership once the deal closes, which is expected to happen in the third quarter of the current fiscal year. Wait, wait, so wait, wait, another company in the mix? What the hell? So what is Nexstar exactly? Well, it's, the company is the largest owner of TV stations in the country. They are already a major affiliate for the CW, but this will give them a much larger hand in the actual content game. It should be noted that the CW, ever since its inception, has never been profitable. So on the one hand, as both Paramount and WBD shift focus to streaming with Paramount Plus and HBO Max, not to mention the latter merging with Discovery Plus for a new streaming service coming next year, this takes a big chunk of traditional media responsibility out of their portfolio while still allowing them to keep in that pool. But that also means Nexstar will look to probably make a shift to broader, cheaper programming that might have a better chance at turning a profit for the network. Get ready for CW's Normal Man! Sadly, this likely means we can say goodbye to the Arrowverse. With The Flash Season 9 bringing that show to a close, it's all but over for the small-screen DC Comics universe. The closing of this deal seals it. The w WBD will want to keep DC programming on HBO Max, so they, have so they have far less motivation to bring new shows in that universe to the CW. They'll, they'll at least keep Legends of Tomorrow, right? Uh, beyond the Arrowverse, both major media companies have less motivation to provide A-tier shows to the CW when they're focused on streaming. That's not to say some of their future scripted output won't make sense on a traditional network, but that's not where their focus lies. What will the new CW look like? 
I don't know, and I don't care. You don't have the DCW shows on them. I got no reason to watch, except maybe the spinoff of the Handsome Brothers Ghost Bus and Power Hour known as the Winchesters. Throughout the many trailers and promos for Marvel's She-Hulk, two things have been made clear. Jennifer Walters, Tatiana Masani, is a lawyer suddenly tasked with handling superhuman-related cases, and she's not terribly good at having a dating life. San Diego Comic-Con says the attorney at law opened a hotline for those in need, and now she's got herself her very own Tinder profile. That's your must-be-comfortable-with-mood swings. If you've got Tinder, there's a chance that her profile may pop up in your list of potential partners. Unless you get too excited at thinking <laughs> there'd be someone to DM, the profile would just straight up tell you that this is an ad for the show, complete with stock images of Jen that you've seen for months now leading up to the release. And should you match, you can't actually respond to them, which is a shame that that bit is you know only surface level and the profile isn't used to convey any personality for Jen, but it, it's also a clever way to draw eyes onto the show. Is it? Is it, though? You get all excited to finally connect with the green girl of your dreams, then you find out it's an ad? Heartbreaking. Romances in superhero comics can be weird at best on an average day, and that's just for the heavy hitter couples that have persisted for decades. In 2017's Mighty Captain Marvel number 9 from Margaret Stoll, Ted Brandt, and Rose Stein, Marvel briefly touched on the idea of superheroes trying to have a romantic life via the dating app Cloak and Dater. <laughs> Several of the big male Marvel heroes of the time, like Steve Rogers, T'Challa, and Tony Stark's AI, possibly, it's complicated, were among her matches. Well, that had to make Avengers meetings awkward. This was a very silly gag, but since the comics are often testing grounds for MCU material, that'd be a good one to bring in for the shows. I mean, maybe as Jen begins to accept her new life, she'll decide to give that app a spin. And it could be a funny way, you know, to have some cameos. Let her match with a new Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, or whomever else, or take them home. <laughs> It'd certainly catch everyone's attention. Someone has been reading my fanfic. She-Hulk will premiere on August 18th. So we're almost there. I know they said that there isn't anyone behind the account, but let's face it. If you see that you match with a six-foot-seven fit ripped girl that looks like Tatiana Malsani, you aren't going to at least... Hope that it's actually her? There's like a one in a million chance that, that she's actually there, you know? <laughs> so, so you're telling me there is a chance. <laughs> Dreamers got a dream, brother. Dreamers hope. got a dream. Look, hope springs eternal. <laughs> oh, hope you should see a doctor about that. GRD is actually the creative comments, attribution, not commercial, not derivative works. Let's see if Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, stop by the website, GRD.com. Yeah, my hope has been leaking a lot lately. Maybe I do need to see a doctor about that. Yeah, I guess you need a new hope pump. Drop us a note and tell us what in the world's going on and just how awful what I just said was. It's podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Of course, a voicemail or text message. Use these numbers. 510 G-R-D-C-R. See you tomorrow. My hope is itchy now. Honey, I detect no sauce in amusement. Good night, everybody. What the hell are you still doing here? Good night, suckers! Listen, ladies, it's been real, and it's been fun. But has it been real fun? Mm-hmm. Nope. See, I have vision, and ambition, and brains. You're just a nutty old cannibal. How many people can you eat before that shtick gets old? I could eat one more. I can see we're gonna have to resolve this one once and for all. You all know this game, right? Oh, 
love it. Who wants to be the boss? Ladies first. Hey, Greenwood. What's the secret to good comedy? Timing. And what's courage? Grace under pressure. And... Who's the boss? I'm the boss. <laughs> You are, Jerome. I believe you are. Origato, Sensei. Whoo!